right, Nico, can you say welcome to another episode of Healthy Births, Happy Babies? It's a happy episode. Um, happy babies. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Healthy Births, Happy Babies podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Warren, and today's episode is going to be kind of a follow-up episode to one that I just released. A few weeks ago, I released nine ways that dads can best support their wives during pregnancy, and honestly, we got a great, great um, feedback from that, a lot of comments. Um, a lot of positive feedback and how helpful it was. And so I wanted to do this follow-up as quickly as possible with ways that dads can support their wives in postpartum because that's really, really important as well. Um, so, but before I go into that, I wanted to share a quick story and a request. Um, as you know, or may not know, if you're new to the podcast, this podcast I started almost three years ago as a means of here at the Cap Wellness Center, which is a prenatal wellness center in San Diego, I created it as a way of picking the brains of all the great practitioners that we have underneath this roof. When we opened, we had, and still have, me, the chiropractor, there's acupuncture, there's massage, there's lactation consultant services, we teach newborn Claire classes, we teach Pilates classes now, and yoga, and have all these amazing teachers and practitioners with so much information that I wanted to interview them, pick their brains, have this in an audio format so our patients could listen to it, and it just so happened that a great way of archiving all of that was a podcast, I threw it into iTunes, and and as iTunes is, it goes all over the world and people really gravitated towards it. So as the show got more and more successful, um, I was able to invite all of the amazing people that I've been able to interview over the last years. And I learned so much. Um, and in my learning and conversations with them, then you get to listen to it and hopefully helps you as a parent as well. And in the natural birth community, whether it's in pregnancy, birthing, postpartum, early childhood development, there's lots of people, practitioners that are listening to the podcast and passing it on. And the story that I wanted to uh, share with you that was really special is last week, uh, there was a woman who stopped by the Capuana Center. She's a listener of the podcast. She herself is a doula out in Arizona, and she was visiting San Diego with her family. She's on vacation, and she took the time to steal away from the beach, steal away from her family to come and see the Cap Wellness Center because she'd been hearing about it on the podcast and we had a chance to meet and it was just really special that she took the time to come over here and it just goes to show like how it, w it was really validating for me and I really appreciate you Amber for coming by and saying all the nice things you did um, because it shows that it's not just helping moms but it's helping other practitioners that are helping other moms and I wanted to put the request I wanted to put out is um, Amber please reach out to me because I was seeing you really quickly in between patients and showing you around, wanted to say hi, but I didn't get your information. Um, and we talked a little bit about how to build community in your neck of the woods out in Arizona, um, in the birth community, and I'd love to help you in any way I can. I gave you my information, but I failed to get yours. So please reach out. <laughs> I'd love to continue the conversation. And again, thank you for coming out. Um, it just made my day. So thank you very much, Amber. Um, but 
you know, these kind of episodes, uh, as far as, or if these kind of episodes I put out on the podcast are really for the whole community, whether it's you're taking care of pregnant women or postpartum women or the dads, I'm trying to do more for the dads too. Um, or you were directly in the trenches. That's, that's the kind of help that I want to give. And I'm glad <laughs> that it's happening after over 120 episodes and almost three years. It's, it's really fun to be able to know that an impact's being made. So with that, let me take a quick message and then we'll come back to talk about how dads can best support moms during postpartum. My online course, Connecting with Baby During Pregnancy, has been out for a while now, and I've been getting phenomenal feedback from you women who have been learning these prenatal bonding techniques, putting them to use, and having amazing results. The same kind of results that the women in the Rafi study were getting, where by doing these techniques throughout pregnancy, they were having less anxiety and pain during labor. They're needing less obstetrical interventions, including less C-sections. And then afterwards, the babies are sleeping better, which means you're sleeping better. And postpartum depression was less than 1% in the moms who did these techniques. So go over to my website at drjwarren.com CWB and learn all about it. I think this course is amazing. I put a lot of effort into it, and I think it'll really help you have a healthier, happier, and more relaxed pregnancy and a gentler yet powerful birth. All right, so today's episode is going to be ways that dads can best support moms during the postpartum period. And as I said, this is a follow-up to the episode that I did previously on the nine ways that dads can best support moms during pregnancy. Today, I have seven ways that you dads can support, and that's not that there's less to do in postpartum by... um, any measure, there's way more going on in postpartum with uh, your mate, with the baby, with the family life, with um, so many factors. But these are seven great ways to get started. It's not an exhaustive list. I'm going to go through them. It's not in order that number one that I talk about is more important than number seven. It's just food for thought and a starter for you to feel more involved and to be able to do things like in a stereotypical way us guys as dads like we want to be doing something and we want to do the right thing rather than the wrong thing so hopefully this helps again it's coming from lots of feedback I get from the moms I take care of here in my practice um, postpartum is a really challenging time I hear a lot about the great things that their husbands are doing for them and they're just so grateful for and I also hear a lot of things that they wish their husbands were doing and their partners were doing for them in the postpartum, but they're not. And uh, so this list I hope is helpful for you because again, in a stereotypical sense, like we want to not just be doing, but that provider role, that protector role comes up and we want to do something with it constructive and healthy with it. And I believe these are ways that can really, really be helpful. So the very first one, uh, way that you can support them is, I don't know how else to put it, but to take over the house. Um, there is so much going on with in the household with taking care of the baby and all the newness of figuring out diaper changes and feeding schedules and napping and the house is gonna take second, uh, second priority. Like the 
parents that take on trying to keep the house as clean and as neat and as organized when a baby comes home, it's, it's just an unrealistic expectation. And for if in a sense the mom has been taking care of those kind of things, dads, it's time to step up and to take care of that. Whether you do it directly or you delegate it out and have um, help with um, cleaning and cooking and laundry, all those kind of things, just you take it over, Dad, and make sure that it's taken care of so that she can nap when baby's napping and not have to feel like, all right, I got to get another load of laundry in or do the dishes or those kind of things. Again, it's not something that if you're, if you need to do it all, but if you need to delegate and make sure there's um, family coming and help or a housekeeper or something like that, um, that will make a huge difference in your wife's postpartum healing because I mean, it's not just, all right, we need to take care of the baby, but she's also remember, she's also recovering for nine months of pregnancy and all the changes biologically and emotionally that go on during the pregnancy. And then she's also recovering from a birth, no matter how that birth went, whether it was an easy birth, a difficult long birth, regardless, it's still um, a major physiological event that needs a lot of healing and it would take weeks and possibly months to recover from all of that even if all she did was healing even if all she did was sit around and be able to do all the necessary things to allow her body to heal from all those changes but that's impossible because you're thrown right into newborn care and all the challenges. If you're a first time parent of all those new stresses, and if you're a second, third, fourth time around, you've got toddlers and other kids around and as well as this new baby that you're trying to figure out. So dads taking over the household responsibilities will make a huge difference um, so that the house is a nice, clean comfortable environment that's not stressing anyone else out and you can concentrate on becoming family you can concentrate on um, just bonding and getting to know your little kiddo and for you three if you're just three and if you've got other kids too to come together as a family without those those logistics um, getting in the way of things and causing strife so in the, as far as the household is concerned, the second thing I was going to talk about is going to happen later on down the line um, when either you're going back to work or um, she's going back to work or both, that on the days when you come home, you might be at work all um, all day long, you're ready to come home and just kind of put your feet up and chill that that's not happening anymore. <laughs> it's not that it's never going to be that way. It's just in, especially in this postpartum period in the first couple months, and even in the first year, if not beyond that, is that on days when mom's home with kiddo and you're at work, it's going to be a long day. And when you come home, it's game time and you're on. So as soon as you walk through the door, just know that you're getting kiddo and it's your time to take over for a little bit to spell her. And it's going to be the vice versa on days that if you're home um, with kiddo all day long and she's gone um, at work, there should be an exchange in that way of, okay, we're like, we need a break. But I can speak from personal experience that 
you know, on the days where I was coming home from work, I was excited to get home and to see my kiddo and um, to be home and see how the day went and hear about all those kind of stories. But when it was kind of tag your it and I walked through the door and I haven't even put my bag down and she's just like, oh my gosh, I need a break. Like, please take over. I need to just go for a walk or just go and um, take a shower or something like that. On, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, there were times where like, well, you know, what about my day? Like I had, it wasn't like I was sitting around at the pool all day long, um, just chilling and relaxing. Like I was working, you know, I was running my practice. I'm running the podcast, doing all those kind of things. And while that, those feelings are all valid that I had at the same time, it's not really appropriate at that time where it's like, all right. So in your time coming home, this is my recommendation um, on the drive home, use that as your buffer time to decompress the work day, kind of let that go and gear up for going in the house. Not that you need to prepare that going into the house is just going to be like a chaotic whirlwind of every time. Sometimes it's, it is that way where you just walk through the door and you're like, Whoa, okay, here we go. Game on. So if you're prepared for that and not bringing in like, well, Hey, what about me? Like I want to unwind for my day type of thing. Um, you'll have that time, but if you can go in without the expectation of it, um, that'll make a huge difference so that she can have some relief. That'll make a big difference. Um, I can speak from experience too on the other end when things settle down and Nico got a little older, the way that it works, um, for us, like when I come home is, and the same for her is I walk through the door, say hi's, you know, um, catch up on the day for a couple minutes. And then the ritual was, okay, go change. And so I change out of my work clothes, put on like evening clothes stuff, uh, more comfortable stuff. And then when I come back out of the bedroom, then, you know, it's, it's a household time. And usually when I'm coming home, it's toothbrushing time, wind down bedtime stuff. So, Going in with the expectation of, all right, here I am, I'm here to take over, what do you need, uh, is, a, is a great support for her so that she can have, have a spell. Um, third thing that I would uh, recommend to you to be able to support her in postpartum is for you to have your own time with the baby. Now, this is kind of more of a supportive good strategy for you as a family going through this postpartum time or the fourth trimester as we call it those first three months afterwards is for you to have time with the baby to bond and to learn and to do these um, all the things that's involved in taking care of a baby for you to be able to you know start having a, a relationship with your baby and that will in the next one is to give her time alone so you're having time alone with the baby then she can have time for herself so a big complaint and a big communication problem and a source of um, stress between couples that I see when I'm um, seeing new parents in my practice is the, you know, if mom's doing the majority, obviously most of the feeding, if they're breastfeeding, but, you know, if they're bottle feeding, then dads, you get to help out with that and doing a lot of the work of the baby care stuff in a traditional sense. There's a tendency of dads either not getting the space to be able to figure out how to do things because mom swoops in and says, oh, this is how to do it. Do it this way, do it that way. And dads hopefully can be in the space of, okay, that's helpful. Like you're teaching me how to do it. But sometimes, and what I see is it can breed resentment of like, hey, let me figure it out myself. Like I want to get good at this, but you know, I need to figure out my own way. And 
we as parents, dads, um, moms, we do things differently. You know, there's going to be times where the soothing techniques, if you will, or the ways that dad soothes baby works better than what mom has that evening and vice versa. There are going to be times where like, no matter what dad's trying, it's just not working that mom's got the touch, but we have to, as dads, learn how to soothe and what our touch is and our way is. And baby needs to learn those dad ways just as much as baby needs to learn the mom ways and mom needs to learn her ways. So in that third way of supporting moms is for you to really kind of create the space of wanting time to be alone with the baby to, if it's as simple as like practicing diaper changing or, you know, doing feedings, if there's bottles, whether it's pumped or you're doing formula or whatever it might be. Um, but then also just doing play and doing, um, down for naps, those kind of things. Like those are important things that both the mom and dad need to do. And if you take the lead on it and say, Hey, I want to, um, be with the baby. You take time to do your own thing. Then you're going to have those skills built, but then also that's going to carve time. And the, in the fourth way you can support her is for her to have her time alone away from kiddo. And most new moms don't want that time alone. Um, depending on, you know, your spouse's personality, they may need more alone time or not want low time, but a lot of new moms just feel they can't have new time, that they're supposed to be around baby all the time. So the more you can encourage them to have like, um, time with their family, time with friends away from the baby, again, gives you time to have, um, time with the baby, but it also allows them to just, they might be talking about the baby, but at least time different where they're, uh, they don't have baby in arms all the time. It gives them a nice break. And when they come back, they'll be that much more rejuvenated. And, um, it just makes things go a lot smoother. And the way that that time, if you give your spouse time to go away to like, um, go out to dinner with friends or coffee with friends or whatever it might be just time for her to have alone, she'll enjoy that time alone and get a lot more out of it. If she's confident in you being able to take care of kiddo well. So you need to practice that. And that's, that comes back to that third. So I think I hammered that point home, um, that have your own time and give her her own time alone as well are great support mechanisms. The fifth one is really, really important, kind of very inclusive. I'm going to break it down into pieces, but um, the fifth one is be really sensitive to her being a new mom and how challenging that is. So that doesn't mean just in like technique wise, as far as you know, breastfeeding is a perfect example. Breastfeeding is a completely natural thing, of course, but it's a learned skill. It's learned by mom and having techniques and learning how to do it in the first couple of weeks. And it's learned by the baby. So it's, it's a learning process. And the majority of women have challenges in the first couple of weeks with breastfeeding. And there's a lot of pressure they're putting on themselves that if they're not doing it perfectly right away, that they're not mom enough, they're not woman enough. Those kind of things are are very can be very challenging and emotionally stressful. So being sensitive to that, and I talked about that in the um, the pregnancy podcast, a way so you can support is to attend the breastfeeding classes and to learn about it so you can support her through those things. But again, with all the different things about 
being able to soothe, um, being able to get baby to sleep. Like moms take on a lot of pressure and if they're not doing it perfectly, there's a lot of guilt there. And the more sensitive you can be around their learning it just as much as you're learning about it will allow you to be a support rather than another sort of source of criticism. Um, you really want to create a space where you're learning together, you're a team and you taking the lead of learning your own ways of being dad to the parents, good for the baby just by itself, but also supportive for the family. But then also being sensitive to that, all right, she's a new mom. There's a lot of pressure she's probably putting on herself. She's probably hearing tons of advice from everybody about how you're supposed to do it, whether it's from her mom or your mom or friends and family that seemingly have it figured out. And, you know, she might be feeling she's always doing it wrong. It's, it's just really important to be that support. And, you know, again, like with sleep deprivation and recovery from nine months of of pregnancy and the birth, all of these new things can be extremely, extremely taxing. Um, Postpartum, there's a lot of hormonal balancing that's going on. And not that you would like attribute everything like, oh, you're just being hormonal. It's, It's very real. I mean, there's a lot of high emotions and it's a high stress time. So the you know, getting back to normal is something that a lot of dads complain about. And again, it's a new normal. Like if this is your first kiddo, family life is now different. It's just, it is that way. And you'll get back to, um, and incorporate those things that you as a couple really loved in time. But this postpartum time, the first three, six months, um, even the first year is, is a big adjustment. And, um, you're finding out what your new normal is, is a process that you as a team, uh, I encourage you to figure out of like what, what's good balance of family time versus alone time and you dad getting your own time to go do the things that you like that fill you up so that you're full when you come in, um, with family life. And the same thing for her, as I just talked about giving her time and space to do the things that she likes. So it's not just parenthood all the time. And that's not a bad thing. Like we love being parents, but we also need to do those other things as individuals to, so that we can be great parents when we're parenting, because we're, we're filling ourselves up with those things that we enjoy as individuals and as a couple. Um, those things are really important. Um, and I guess the sixth thing is related to this is I couldn't figure out a, a good way of, <laughs> of, uh, titling it, but what I came up with is, you know, protect the castle, protect the cave. Um, again, in that kind of stereotypical paradigm of the protector, the cave, the castle is the home. And especially in the fourth trimester, a lot of cultures will use that fourth trimester as a time where there's just very little visitors. It's just the three of you. It's just the family time for bonding there. But especially in this culture, meaning American culture or this day and age, I don't know what it is, but there tends to be a lot of goings on with the new baby. Everybody's excited to see the baby, of course. Um, That's your family. It might be the first grandkid, um, the first nephew or niece, and everybody's excited and they're excited for you and they want to visit and celebrate in that. And and the friends and family, the same kind of thing. And that socialization is really good and being part of a community is really good. But Having a lot of visitors over can be really overwhelming. So in that protector role, if you can 
try to do everything you can to kind of insulate the family for a period of time while you get your bearings and, you know, your spouse gets settled into, you know, motherhood as well as allow her body to heal and recover and get rest. That's going to make a huge difference. So sometimes in when that advice is given, um, whether it's the dad or the mom, they'll say, okay, well, let's just have everybody over at once. We'll have like one luncheon or one dinner, get it, get everybody done with at once. And that does not work. That's more overwhelming because you've got all these people, everybody wants their time with the baby. Everybody wants to hear the stories and everything. And that's way more stressful than if in a protecting the castle type of thing, you're just having one person, one set of people over every couple of days. If you have a lot of people that are wanting, wanting to visit. And I'm not saying that you can't have anybody in the house like that can be really healing and and fun to have like your close friends over there but going back into like well we're really social people and you know a couple weeks in postpartum like we're gonna go back to like doing all the things we do going out to dinners and seeing people and having people over and dinner parties and stuff that's just again new normal it's not gonna be like that um, right away you'll get back to that later on but it's really important for you as a family to start off things as calmly and as healthy as possible and limiting visitors can make a huge difference again because of the sensitivity of both you as a dad I don't want to ignore your sensitivity as a dad um, to doing things right and you know being a good um, calmer and a provider and all those kind of things but having more visitors over everybody's going to put their two cents in and the two cents is coming from love but at the same time it's just too much <laughs> so if you've gone through um, that during your pregnancy everybody's got recommendations already for parenthood and it can be overwhelming so it's a good time when you're in that postpartum period to just hunker up and to just know okay for these next few months we're just going to lay low and just spend time with the baby and get to know each other and then once you have your feet underneath you and things, you're feeling more rested, you're feeling more calm and secure going out of the office, all those kind of things, out of the office, out of the house, um, then you can start having those people over. So, and dads, that that can be your role there of really kind of making sure your wife isn't being overwhelmed by family coming over all the time, neighbors coming over the time, and friends coming over time. It makes a huge difference. So that was number six. Number seven, the last one. It's the same as the last one on the list of the pregnancy dads is keep rubbing her feet. <laughs> keep rubbing her feet. There's, it's just such a nice nurturing thing to do. It's de-stressing. It's a way of you two kind of unwinding. You being able to rub her feet, um, it'll make her feet feel really good and it's again nurturing but it's a bonding time where you guys can just like sit and goo gaga with the kiddo or if kiddo's asleep you can talk about the day and um you know funny things that happened or if there's stuff that comes up that needs to be talked about and processed you can do it at that time but it's much better to process like what the in-law said or what the neighbor said <laughs> or what happened with a screaming baby for an hour um, during the day. It's it's much easier to process that uh, when you're rubbing her feet. So keep doing that, Dad. All right. So 
I hope this, um, I hope these things are helpful. It's again, a list of things that I've been hearing over and over and over again in my practice, um, that can be helpful. And again, it's not an exhaustive list, like share with me, like, um, people have done with the pregnancy, things you would add to that list or edit or have something that you would, uh, like to, you know, correct or, um, that didn't work for you that you want to expand upon. Um, it's all about helping. I don't want to be right about this list. I just want it to be helpful so that dads can feel more involved. They can be doing things that are actually constructive and helpful rather than spinning the wheels, thinking that that's something that, um, would help and it might not necessarily be hitting the mark. All right. So, comment and post, reach out to me, um, through Facebook or through email. And I'd love to hear your feedback. And again, dads keep up the good work. Um, it's, it's a really fun adventure. It's a really fun time. Um, moms need a lot of support and from what I've heard in my office, they don't ask for as much help nearly as much as they really need it. So just open that dialogue and ask how, how you can help and what's working and what's not and how you can improve. And that's just going to allow your whole family life to be happier and healthier. And that's what we all want, right? All right. So until next time, take good care of each other. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Dr. J again, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's something I really enjoy doing, and I, as a parent, learn a ton from these experts coming on and sharing their wisdom, so I hope you're getting a lot out of it, too. And I want to share something else with you. I've created a guide called The 40 Ways to Connect with Your Baby During Pregnancy. It's full of simple things you can do on a day-to-day basis that will help strengthen that bond that you have with your baby. It's a free download. You can go to my website at drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and just enter your email. I'll send it right to you. You can download it and start working on it right away. All of the research that I'm learning in the fields of epigenetics and attachment parenting is showing that the more bonded you are during your pregnancy with your baby, the better the birth is going to go and the better parenting is going to go because you have that strong foundation, a strong connection to build upon. So go again to my website. It's drjwarren.com slash 40 ways and get that free guide. And again, thanks for listening.